cigars all around Cheers, y'all That's a happy New Year's well well right Welcome, there. my friends, to this radio program of sorts. It's smoking and toasting. Uh, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Welcome to show number 168. We are brought to you uh, and happy to be brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, BB Lemon on Washington Ave, and the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston. Ian, Happy New Year. Welcome to uh, day number two of 2020. And so I have to tell you this. I was coming into the studio here before the show, and I uh, was you know wheeling my little uh, bag in and uh, getting everything ready. And Tom, who's working at a desk you know, right outside the studio here, mm-hmm. he says to me, so, first smoking and toasting of the new decade. And I was like, oh. Wham. It is. So now I'm all nervous. Earlier I was just like, ah, it's the first show of the new year, no big deal. But it's a whole new decade. We're setting up the next decade of smoking and toasting. (laughs) Oh my God, what will we do? uh, People are going to have to make more cigars. They are, and we'll have to smoke more. And whiskey. And whiskey. Uh, Welcome to the show. It is a uh, a first show of the new year, of course, and of the decade. Our show today is about hangover cures. Not that any of our listeners or viewers would need that. Listen, if you haven't learned by however old you are to really, truly appreciate the hangover that you've earned. Yes. Like, you learn to be a connoisseur of hangovers after a while. (laughs) Is that what it is? You know, because because sometimes you really, really went out of the way and earned it. Yeah. You know? I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah. I, uh, I I agree totally. And we'll talk a little bit about Hangover Cures. And, of course, this is the show where everybody has posted their best of lists of the year for 2019 and of the decade now. So, mm-hmm. so we'll review some of those. And Ian and I will reveal our three favorite cigars that we smoked last year. They don't necessarily have to be cigars that came out last year. Although some of them might be, but uh, just the three favorite things that we smoked all year last year. Because, you know, we smoke at least a cigar a week for the show and usually a few more. And, yeah. Uh, and well, so, you know. And, and so what's what's fun about it, too, is because we don't have to smoke the newest uh, thing out there. We, no. I, I go in and just look for what's interesting. What have I not had? And even mm-hmm. on occasion, we, we review something that we're very familiar with. Sometimes I like to go for that. It's like, you know, I haven't. Uh, and in fact, today. Uh, when I was choosing the cigar that I was going to uh, talk about on the show today, I was thinking about having a Perdomo because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I used to smoke Perdomos a lot. Mm-hmm. haven't smoked them as much recently. be fun to go back to one and do it, but then I got distracted by something else. And, I saw that, and, actually. And so, I, was, I was there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so I will, uh, I'll go back to the Perdomos. Oh, I, I like Perdomos, but, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that another, uh, another week. How was your holidays? Did you have good holidays? I had a blast. Yeah? I had, yeah, a bla- yeah. I had some family in town. I went mountain biking. We went out to Spider Mountain and did some... Like that's a lift access mountain bike park. Oh, so you ride take the, the ski lift. Take the up. lift. Now let me ask you this: Do you ride the lift? Like, are you on your bike when you leave the lift? In other words, do you land 
fully seated on your bike and start down, or do you jump off and then get on the bike and go? Uh, so the way it works is it, if you take like an old school ski lift with just the chairs, you know, right, right. They have it set up to where every other chair is not a chair. It's a it's a it's bike. It's got hooks on the back Hook, for the okay. bike. Yeah. So what you do is you wait for the one of those to go by, and then you hang your bike on there by the front uh, wheel. Mm-hmm. It's got a big hook on it, and uh, so it, each one will hold two bikes. And then you stop and wait for the next seat to come up, and that's the one you ride up. Do you ever get to the top and like you can't get your bike off, and it goes back <laughs> down, and you have to wait like an hour for the bike to come back? They, up? You see, they've already thought about this because at the top they have two attendants. Oh, and they're helping snatch you get your bike yeah, off okay, of the okay, previous gotcha. one, and they're standing there holding it. So by the time you get off of your thing, you just grab your bike and go. It's pretty fun. The reason I ask is because when I was trying, when I lived up in New England, mm-hmm. and I was uh, trying to learn to snowboard, or as I call it. The year I fell a lot. Um, you would you would get on the it's lift. Eating snow. Yeah, you would get on the lift with your snowboard on, mm-hmm. right? And you would get to the top. And you know, of course, people who who board and, and who ski regularly are used to this, but I was not. When you get to the top, you jump off with the fully like attached yep. to the board. Yep. You land and start. Yep. Or in my case, you land and fall. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And then you get up and start. Yes. But so I was wondering if if it was that so. Way for the, I, bike. the first time I ever uh, did that on skis, by the way, I did the same thing. I uh, I tried to get off and like it, it's a little intimidating. It first, is. It was scary. no with, with the mountain bike. It's easy. They have a deck that you come up on and you just, <laughs> okay. So you get off, you get on you the bike, get and then off, you start normal running, and then you like grab a, your bike like yeah. a sane person. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually it's actually a lot of fun. I should. You know what? Next time I go up there, I'm going to film. That whole process. Oh, you totally so you should. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. We'll show it on the show. And so. then you have that whole downhill section where you're, you know, holding Have you ever tried dealing. having a cigar on the way down? I don't think that would work. Very yeah. Well. <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine. Well, welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. We are so excited to be here. Uh, a lot of uh, great lists are out. We'll, we'll talk about those lists and, you know, things that maybe. You'll hear about that you didn't get to try this year that you might want to try, mm-hmm. both in uh, you know beverages and in uh, and in cigars, and then we'll be doing a little reviewing of our own today. We will be tasting Parish Brewing. I love this brewery, Parish oh, Brewing, they make great out of Brasad, yeah. Louisiana. Absolutely, uh, their beer. Ghost in the Machine is one mm-hmm. of the best hazy IPAs Agreed. in the world. Agreed. It's Agreed. so good, um, and we're going to be reviewing their Pure Tropics Fruit Ale. So I'm excited about this. I've never tried that. It's it's uh, it's going to be great. I have a feeling because parishes they're just like you know it's kind of like when you say dogfish head you're like you I'm expect, expecting yeah. it it's going to be good yeah uh, and then there's a brewery out of Minneapolis Minnesota called Indeed Brewing and they have come up with a Mexican honey imperial lager now a lot of times on the show. We will take like this fruit ale. I think is more like an IPA or a or a, a pale ale mm-hmm. with with fruit. And so a lot of times we won't do that one first. We'll do like a lager or something right, uh, on first, lighter side first on the lighter side. But the Indeed Brewing Mexican Honey Imperial Lager is eight percent. So oh, mercy. <laughs> so, so we'll move that to second I, place. I've never heard of a Mexican yeah. lager that's eight percent. No, that I is. haven't either. So, but it is an an Imperial Lager. So we'll look forward to that. And then I brought this one in, quite frankly, with you in mind. Black Raven Brewing's Splinters. It's a bourbon barrel aged Scotch ale. Oh, that sounds awesome. And this just has. Uh, this just has you written all over. I don't know so. why you think I would like scotch ales. I don't know why. Really I don't know why. And then uh, we'll be uh, tasting some Maker's Mark Private Barrel Select Whiskey. I uh, was uh, 
I was watching something. I don't remember what it was. I was watching something over the holidays, and they were talking all about Maker's Mark Private Select. I was like, well, I have a bottle of that in my bar. Let's, let's mm-hmm. bring it in and taste it on the show. So, uh, so that's what we're doing today. So as you can see, it's, uh, it's already open if you've uh, taken a look at it on Mr. Torley Gig there. So, uh, so but uh, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be getting to that. 110 proof. We, yep, we'll be getting to that. So yeah, again, I believe I'm speaking your language here, and I'm 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 happy about it. So, uh, want to uh, just real quickly say a big thank you to all the people who checked out the show last year. It was really like a big sort of year of growth for uh, smoking and toasting, mm-hmm. and that's uh, you know that's that's pretty exciting. So so we're we're psyched to get into it. Remember, so. as you're listening to uh, share it out as you go. Yes, everyone absolutely. will think you're cool because you're sending them invites to watch our show. Yeah, and uh, so and don't forget is- we have a uh, YouTube channel. Um, if you don't go. On on YouTube very much. Go on there at least once and hit uh, like and subscribe, mm-hmm. uh, and then you never have to look at it again, or you can. You know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I uh, will say I got a chance to get away a little bit over the uh, uh, the holidays. My wife and I went to uh, the Golden Nugget in Lake Charles, Louisiana, where you can still actually smoke in the casino. That's a couple times recently. Yeah. Yeah. We we've had a good time there. So we uh, we did a lot of sitting at the bar. And uh, me smoking a cigar, playing just playing a little like video blackjack, and and you know having a good time, and uh, you know it was one of those things where other people come up, sit in the chair next to you, and they're smoking a cigar, so you're you know talking about the cigars that you're smoking. It was a real good sort of community cigar experience, and I visited a cigar shop in Lake Charles. It was recommended to me actually. By our good buddy Alan Denny. Oh, nice. Who nobody cares about. Nobody cares. Uh, uh, and uh, it was called Cigar Clubs. I went in there, uh, really, uh, really enjoyed shopping there. Bought a few, uh, bought a few cigars, and bought a really cool cigar leaf ashtray, which nice. uh, was my Christmas gift to myself. There so, you go. Yeah. So, so it's enjoyed. okay to be kind to yourself. It is. It's in fact a, a really good idea. So uh, over the holidays, I had a chance to smoke a few interesting cigars, but I'm wondering. What about you, sir? Did you uh, have a chance to smoke anything interesting? So I, I, you know, I smoked a few cigars over the holidays, not a ton, as I was busy with family and everything else. I didn't get a whole lot of time to sit and smoke a cigar, to hang, yeah, uh, which was okay uh, because I'm, I'm making up for it mm-hmm. in the last couple days. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, I went up to uh, uh, my normal haunt in, on uh, Thursday morning, Casa de Monte Cristo, and um, was going through humor. Usually, I pick up. I budget myself forty bucks when I do this, you know. Yeah. So I pick up buy a couple of cigars, two, three, four yeah, cigars ish, yeah. right? Um, um, today, um, I went up there and bought two cigars and spent not quite forty, but almost. <laughs> so you did uh, you did some pricier cigars? Yeah, today. I bought an Opus X. Um, oh, nice! I haven't had one in a while, and yeah, they're great. And that Opus X, I think, cigars. was uh, thirteen or fourteen dollars for the size I not, got. Not bad for Opus. And then I saw the uh, Arturo Fuente. I was standing there talking to you, and I looked mm-hmm. over and went, like, that looks interesting. So I saw the Arturo Fuente Hemingway Between the Lines. So it was like, it was the little barber the pole. the barber pole. Yeah. Now, you know I'm a fan of the Hemingway series. This uh, this yeah. cigar, especially in this size, uh, the regular version of it is called a short story, and it's mm-hmm. a mini perfecto. It's so good. And it, what a cool looking little cigar. What a great smoking little cigar. And this one is the barbershop pole. So it's a Cameroon wrapper. And uh, Maduro wrapper mm-hmm. um, uh, around, uh, you know, swirled around. So, yeah, look at the picture. I mean, it's so cool. What's interesting about those is as it burns, you get the, the you know, you the one the wrapper to the yeah. other. Yeah. And so uh, I expect from Fuente a certain level of complexity, and, yeah. uh, and I expect a certain level of uh, quality of smoke. 
I this this is beautiful. It's a beautiful barber shop with the classic Fuente uh, uh, label and everything on there. Uh, the mini Perfecto size is just such a cool looking thing. Um, the uh, pre light sniff on this very classic tobacco with some barnyard, some tea leaf, a lot of tea leaf uh, on the nose going on there, and some earth. The prelate draw, I used a punch. It was a smooth draw. You can't ever tell how it's going to draw when you have a perfecto because the end of it is so small. Right. So uh, so you, you never judge the draw until after you light until the cigar. Until after you've got it, it fully burning. Bit, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, which, uh, uh, spoiler alert, when I lit it, uh, once it opened up, it was a great, like, just uh, not quite effortless, but just the right amount of uh, resistance on mm-hmm. the draw. It was really nice. nice. A nice smooth draw. Um the pre-light uh, draw on this had a lot of like rich earth and tea leaf, some macadamia nut, hints of mocha and coffee in the background. Nice. Like this, I mean, all these things just start swirling around. The initial light, pepper and cream, earth and toast, like all those things just hit me all at once. Uh, and not a big shot of pepper, but a little bit. The creaminess right behind the pepper. Have you ever had like a good creamy pepper gravy like that? Yeah, that yeah, combination. Right. Of yes, that's very peppery. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So it was creamy and peppery at the same time, the earth and toast backing it up. The first third of this, uh, the creamy kind of went through this thing. Uh, it really really was nice, really smooth, silky kind of smoke to it. Macadamia nutty, like you can nail it. Uh, a lot of times I'm like, oh, it's just nutty. This was macadamia nut. So, like yeah, it just tasted very like specific. That, yeah. Right. <laughs> I Love can't it. tell you what region that they come from, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not that specific. But, um, no, the macadamia nut um, – uh, was really coming through a lot of earthy stuff. Coffee and mocha were kind of the backbone of this too. Isn't macadamia, isn't that the country that the Black Panther was from? Wasn't you, there did you see that movie, the Black Disney, Panther? Disney movie called Macadamia? Uh-huh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's me intentionally being obtuse. All right, so the, <laughs> the second third of the second third of the cigar, uh, it's a, it's a little bit lighter strength overall. It, which I expected. Right, these are not bombshell cigars, right? Right, because the uh, the the standard Hemingway is um is on the uh, milder side. It's mm-hmm. not quite a medium. It's on the right. bolder side of mild, if you will, mm-hmm. um, but not quite a medium. This one had a little bit lighter strength, like that, that milder side, but it also had a little more punch flavor wise. Um, like that would almost lean me towards a medium okay. flavored cigar, but just on the just on the hairy edge of medium, um, but had enough flavor to carry it through the macadamia. It, it tasted like a macadamia coffee cookie. Okay, that like makes there sense. was a yeah. little sweetness coming through with the mocha. There was a little toast, solid ash, perfect burn on this thing. Which, the last- by the way, that's not a guarantee when you do one of the Barber Pole cigars because that's a that's a very difficult cigar for a roller to make. But when it's done right, you have that very small area that you light. Mm-hmm. It takes a second to light it, and then it should theoretically burn perfect after that. Again, and, Fuente. And Fuente, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, these these guys aren't new at this. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, um. Uh, the last third of this, it actually ramped up to about a medium cigar at this point. Okay. Um, but again, on the lighter side of medium, not not heavy, heavy mm-hmm. medium. But it ramped up to a medium cigar. The coffee and mocha moved up front, uh, which was really, really pleasant because this this thing was evolving, you know? Right. Um, the, the light pepper returned, but it was like pepper and toast now, and it still had a little creaminess to it. Um, but the toasty notes were a little more present in there. Uh, I smoked this down to just about nothing. I enjoyed it uh, tremendously. Here's the hitch on the cigar. $15. 
It's a pretty small cigar for fifteen or sixteen. It's a tiny cigar for fifteen to sixteen dollars. It is a four and a half by fifty-four. Wow, Mini so four perfecto. and a half inches for 15, 16 bucks. That's a pretty expensive cigar. If you divide it down per inch, that's, you know. Yeah, uh, that gets pricey real quick. Yep. Um, I give it a solid five. Okay. It was it was definitely worth every penny. The burn was perfect on it. The smoke was fantastic. It's everything I expected from a Fuente and then some. That barbershop pole added the complexity to it that gave it, uh, it, it was like a, like a, a mild plus or a medium minus mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. strength and kind of floated in between the two. Um, and, and the flavors were just so complex and so moving around. Like every time I took a puff, I was thinking about different parts of the different flavor. Yeah, of, yeah, it was really, yeah. really nice. So that's a really, really fun cigar to have. Good experience, yeah. Good experience. At $15, it's a tough one to justify buying um, a bunch more, but it was worth every penny I paid. So that would be one of those where – It'll take me getting a little nostalgic about it and go, I really like that. I'm going to grab one today. You know, that's going to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was great. I, I enjoyed it. And, and kudos to Fuento for making a fantastic smoke again. Nice. They, it, they're very consistent. That's one thing you always can expect a Fuente to yeah. be good because uh, they're not they're not a company that, you know, makes some great stuff and some and, it's not so good. And if you're, if you're a smoker out there, or if you're not a smoker out there and you think, huh, I, I think a cigar – would be a nice thing to do. A lot of people start with uh, with you know mild flavored cigars that are kind of sweet stuff. Right, like right. That. But if you want to get into uh, a real deal cigar, the Hemingway series by Fuente is a great great start because that is a real deal cigar. It's mild, but it's full of flavor. You right, know? makes sense. Makes yep. sense. And and you know again you you know even though the Fuentes are not necessarily cheap, especially the Hemingways, uh, you know you're getting a, a pretty good value for what you're paying. The regular uh, the regular Fuente um, short story, I believe, is in the $6 range to $7 that's good. range. And that's a great cigar mm-hmm. to get started on. And that's plus good. they're small. You know, it, like one of the things that intimidates a lot of new smokers with cigars is, is the size of a cigar. How long is it going to take me to smoke that thing? Right. And a smaller cigar is usually a good place to start. So. Yeah. I like it. I like it very much. Well, I did something interesting. I mentioned to you that I was uh, considering the Perdomo. That's where I was headed. And uh, instead, this one caught my eye, and I changed it up at the last minute and purchased at uh, Sirius Cigars slash Casa de Monte Cristo. Um, purchased the Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve. Uh, and this one was the Toro. I think it has. I thought it was the Flying Pig. I was all excited because I was going to say I, I was smoking the Flying Pig, but I think that's the short little Robusto. So, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, So this is just this is more like a Toro size. Um, and I'm going to like be real honest up front. I did no research about this cigar before I bought it. If I had, I'm not completely sure that I would have chosen it. But the adventure begins. Um, well, well, we'll bring up that conversation we had before you bought it, too, uh, yeah. towards the end of this, because yeah, that'll absolutely. be poignant. Absolutely. So uh, it it was priced a little less than what I was expecting a Pappy for, um, because I've seen them as very expensive. And, of course, you get, you get know they're paying the – Drew Estate owns uh, – they do the Pappy Van Winkle line. So they're paying the, the whiskey uh, for the licensing of the name. So there's always a little extra cost added in to these cigars. But, you know – 
Pappy Van Winkle's a pretty like prestigious whiskey name. But if you remember, the first one of those we got when they when they first released them was at uh, the Big Smoke mm-hmm. a couple years back. Yes, and it was a brand new cigar then, and it was a much pricier cigar. Yes, then. it was much pricier. So uh, this one wound up being about it was thirteen and a half, thirteen to fourteen dollars. So, uh, so I, I bought this bad boy, pretty dark brown cigar. Um, and then as I did a little research on it, as I was starting to smoke it, I discovered that this cigar uses two different wrappers, a Kentucky-grown fermented leaf wrapper and a Mexican San Andres wrapper leaf. Uh, it uses all Nicaraguan uh, binder and fillers. Um, but I have to say the pre-light actually alarmed me a little. I'd already purchased the cigar. I used a V-cut there at the store. Uh, but before I lit it... Um, I'm I'm sniffing it and then I'm like uh, putting it in my mouth and doing the pre-light draw, and especially around the head of cigar, it smelled like a Kentucky fire cured mm-hmm. from Drew Estates, which I have to admit is a very acquired taste for me. I, I like them, but boy, do I have to be in the mood for that if I want to smoke a cigar that smells like a campfire, which is essentially what it is. Yeah, it can be a very enjoyable experience. But I'm not often in that mood. So this is why I might not have bought this cigar had I done the research beforehand. But I'd already bought it. I'd already clipped it. So uh, off we go. Um, Once I lit it, the campfire flavor of that diminished quite a bit. And part of the reason is because, and I didn't find this out until, and you'll see this in the picture a little bit later, but I didn't find this out until later in the cigar that it, there's a, underneath the band, when you take the band off, you can see the line where the one wrapper ends and the other yes. wrapper begins. So once I first lit it, it was that Mexican San Andres wrapper that I'm getting the flavor of, and I'm getting just a little hint of that Kentucky Fire Cured on the lips right. as I draw through. So it diminished it a little, and I actually enjoyed the the thing, even though I didn't wouldn't have necessarily been in the mood for an all Kentucky fire cured. Now, did it have, because I know the Kentucky fire cured had a very tangy kind of yes. taste yes. to it. It was, very, it was very much like sitting in front of a campfire. Yeah. You know? Um, but that wasn't the dominant flavor once I lit the cigar, uh, and it actually wound up working for me. What I did get, in addition to that little bit of campfire vibe, was mocha and earth. And cedar, very nice notes that actually work together well and with a little bit of the campfire uh, vibe. There was also, as I expected, a sort of a bourbon sweetness to the garbi- mm-hmm. cigar because these cigars are actually barrel-aged. Right. So uh, construction, pretty much flawless, as you would expect from a cigar of this uh, price range. Ultimately, I enjoyed it very much. Here's my one caveat, though. I, I wouldn't buy a box of these. I, this would be a one-by-one one cigar for me because I would really think I'd have to be kind of in the mood for it, maybe not as like much as I'd have to be in the mood for a full Kentucky Fire Cured uh, right. cigar. But this isn't one I would want to smoke every day. Well, I ended up with um, I th- about five of those Kentucky Fire Cured um, not too long after it came out. I smoked one. I gave two of them away. Mm-hmm. The other two stayed in my humidor. I it took me a year to smoke the other. I still two. have two in my humidor now, like that. And, I'm, that I'm waiting for that being in the mood to smoke. Right, and I finally got to that mood, and it was a good cigar when I smoked it. But it's not something I want to reach for all the time. So I get what you're saying. So the Pappy, at thirteen to fourteen dollars, price to quality, and as you guys know, a five means you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, price to quality. If I'm in the mood for it, five and a half. Nice. If I'm not in the mood for it. 
four and a half. So it's a little finicky on you. Huh? Yeah. So <laughs> averages to a five, right? I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. But I can see, like, if I went, and today I, I was in a mood enough to really enjoy it, and I had a five and a half sort of level smoke. But, uh, but if I'd not quite been in the mood for it, I'd have been, it'd have been one of those things where I'm like, well, this is good, but it was, you know, 14 bucks, and I really wish I'd spent that money on something else. So. You, you know what's almost worth half a point right there is uh, just the conversation that we have about the cigar. Oh, like, no question. It's, it's an it's interesting It's so interesting. Cigar. Yeah, yeah. You're right. And it's not your just average everyday smoke. And that was that was part of what uh, made it fun. So, uh, But today I really enjoyed it. Definitely five and a half for today's smoke. So there you go. All right. We got a lot to talk about on the show today. Uh, hangover cures. We have, uh, I think, 20 different hangover cures for Ooh. New Year's. So. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll blaze through that list. Plus, we're about to taste the Pure Tropics Fruit Ale from the very amazing Parish Brewing. I'm thinking, I don't know how far Brassard, Louisiana is from us, Ian, but I'm thinking we may need to road trip to see these guys. Cause right. That is, uh, that's a brewery that's just doing fine, fine work. So they're, anyway, we'll taste, so good. Yeah, we'll taste that coming up. Plus, Ian and I will be revealing our three favorite smokes from each of us. Uh, that we smoked in 2019. So that's all coming up. It's Smoking and Toasting number 168, and we're glad you're here. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. It is the radio program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Bacon, 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 bacon. bacon. My New Year's resolution is to eat more bacon. Bacon. That's And I have a feeling <laughs> I can keep that that's one. The, that's the New Year's diet. Used to, be, used to be I would make resolutions that were really difficult to keep. I've stopped that. <laughs> uh, I'm going for things like I'm going to have some bacon this year. And that's a good one. I, might, I think I can keep my it. New Year's uh, resolution so far is to ride bicycle, um, smoke cigar, drink beer. I like it. I like it. I, I feel like I feel like if I work hard, mm-hmm. that I can. You'll be able to meet this, that. Yes. Uh, yeah, you'll be able to achieve it. That's good. A little bit of a follow up. Something we talked about on the last show uh, before Christmas. Uh, Congress was planning to do this. They have done it. Tobacco purchase age uh, nationally has been raised to twenty one. And there is, and you know, we talked about this. I feel like it's you know a little bit two faced to be able to, to have all these responsibilities that hit you at eighteen, but not have the certain freedoms that hit you until twenty one. But all in all, I'm not really that worked up about it, except for this: they did not include a military exemption. On the tobacco age purchase. Well, here's the thing: by the time you're 18, you are allowed to be uh, making life-changing career decisions mm-hmm. for your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, things that will stick with you. You're allowed to be tried as an adult, like you're mm-hmm. actually an adult at right, 18. Right. That's that's the legal adult age, but you are not allowed to smoke a cigar right at 18. Right, even if you're in the military defending the country with your life. Yes, yeah. you can sign up. You can make a decision to go. Hmm. You can get I might married. die doing this job. You can get married. You can create a brand new human, but you can't have a cigar. Well, you don't need a license to to start making babies. You know. Well, that's and a and, and there's no age for it really. Like, is it is it, is it illegal? You need, a, you need a license to fish. I, I, here's a question: Is it actually illegal 
is it actually illegal to have a baby when you're younger than 18? No. It's not. No. So you can make that decision right. pretty much any time. my point, sir. But you can't smoke a cigar. Can't it's buy amazing. a cigar. Yeah, it the is priorities amazing. there are what's amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, again, um, it's, it's one of those things that we saw it coming. It was going to happen. And, uh, and slowly but surely. Uh, but you know what? Listen, I don't really have a huge problem with people being asked to wait until they're 21 to purchase uh, tobacco. I just don't think there should be this inequity of all the other stuff that your government can ask you to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, before you turn 21. You can drive when you're 16, right? Yeah, if you've got a learner's permit, right. yes. Don't cars kill more people per year than just about anything else? Way more. And and cars are Way pretty more. much indiscriminate. They kill, mm-hmm. you know, men, women, children, mm-hmm. um, dogs, cats, birds. Yeah, pretty much anybody that, uh, you know, kind of gets in the path. I so. bet cars that you can drive when you're 16 years old kill a lot more people than cigars do. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm thinking you're right. Well, this time every year since 1992, the guys at Two Guys Smoke Shop in New Hampshire, who, by the way, are awesome. I used to shop when I lived in Boston. I used to drive up to New Hampshire just to shop there. I loved those guys, and their uh, their whole store is amazing. It's a great place to hang out, smoke a cigar, uh, buy stuff. But every year they uh, they pick they do a website called the Cigar Authority, and um, they have the honor of announcing their Cigar of the Year. And they did not pick the same one as Cigar Aficionado. Uh, they picked, for 2019, the Nestor Miranda Special Selection. So we may have to go find one of these and, hmm. and smoke it. I haven't it had one of those. Because uh, I don't think I have either. Uh, last year, their pick was the uh, Aganorsa Leaf Connecticut. And in 2017, they picked the Aladino. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they've had some really, really good picks. Uh, but I have not smoked this uh, Nestor Miranda Special Selection. So we may have to go find one of those. Yeah, I, let's make it a right, let's make it a point. We will party. Maybe we both uh, both review it. It sounds there like you go. fun. All right, let's have some beer. This is uh, uh, um, again. I have high expectations. This is not for the worst this. idea you've had. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I have high expectations for this beer. I will be honest with you, because um, this brewery Woo. is so amazing. I've it, I've found it smells fruity. Uh, well, that I'm not surprise surprised. You. It's got like pineapples and and. Uh, all kinds of other fruits on the, on the label, just kind of laid out in a grid, and it looks like a uh, l- you know looks like a a bit of deliciousness may ensue. Let us it's, hope so. It's hazy. Oh boy, it is so fruity on the nose. It's almost like a a fruit smoothie on the nose. And it's just know? called fruit ale. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't say IPA or pale ale. ale. Yeah. Although pale. you know, looking at it, you could probably. Yeah, you could probably call it one of those if you want. Certainly looks like a hazy idea. It's interesting because you can smell all the fruit, but you can also smell the hop through there. Yes, you can. Pretty substantially. What do they say on the label? Does it tell us? Label doesn't tell you much of anything. There's a government warning. Maybe. Didn't it used to be called a Surgeon General's warning? I think it used to be. It's a government warning. Uh, Maybe they don't tell you that much because they don't need to. Uh, have you tried this yet? Uh, I just did. Uh, well, tell me about it. I haven't tried this yet. It smells. Mm. It smells like like pineapple and citrus and hop. Mm-hmm. I mean, it smells. Which, if you think crazy. about it, is a pretty lovely combination. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, it's a pretty. It's, it's smelling like pretty amazing overall. Mm, mm, mm. This is a delicious beer. It's about the fruitiest ale. That I've had that wasn't an actual like 
you know, fruit beer. You know what I mean? Or maybe it is a fruit beer. I guess it is. It's a fruit beer. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's good. It's really good. It's like uh, it's like if you. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's not very sweet. It's not as sweet as you'd think it would be. Right. Uh, it's I not agree. as sweet Which as it smells. That may be the reason that I like it is because it's not quite so sweet. The it's finish. Got a tartness to it. The finish is all grapefruit tart. Mm-hmm. Like pink grapefruit mm-hmm. tart. Like right there in the back. It, it finishes like a pink grapefruit juice. So let me ask you this. If you were, I realize we're not doing side-by-sides, but comparing this to like their Ghost in the Machine Hazy IPA, how would you how would you rate it compared to that? Well, so Ghost in a Machine is literally one of the best. It might be the best hazy IPA. I it's even fantastic. Know of. Yes, um, it's so good. Um, and uh, even though I'm not the IPA guy, and uh, Chris Hart likes to point that out, but you like Ghost in a Machine. Well, that's because that is literally a best of show right there. Chris Hart was the guy that introduced me actually to yeah. Ghost in the Machine. He brought some bottles in and they were frozen. They were frozen, I remember yeah. that. And it was still so good. <laughs> I was like, you know, you know how you know how when your beer like freezes or or like if you have a soda and it freezes and you're still trying to pour it, waiting for enough yeah. of it to melt right. to actually hit the glass. That's what it was like. So I will tell you that this is easily of that quality. Um, as far as fruit beer, is it is it to fruit beer what uh, Ghost in the Machine is to IPA? Maybe I mean this is really good. It's it, this is like a pink grapefruit juice that has just enough sugar to make it perfect. Like yeah, because it's not sweet. It's not real sweet at all, but it's yeah. just a little bit. Uh, and then there's other flavors like floating around in there, like the pineapple. You can and, get pineapple for sure. And like a like a like, a, like a mango tangerine like thing or, or tangerine. A, 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 so, yeah, yeah, something. Uh, I'm gonna go with highly highly recommended. I would say buy this. If you see it, buy it if you want to try something interesting. And and especially if you like uh, something that finishes a little bit bitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, because it does have a little bit yeah. of that bitterness, that hot bitterness, but not in a overly resinous kind right. of Right, and this is this is a great one to, like, split because, hey, you get to, you get to try it. Although I can, see, I can see it being very drinkable mm-hmm. on a, yeah. on a uh, summer day by the pool, you know. Almost crushable if you think about it in that, in that, that sort of a way. Did you happen to catch the ABV on I this? Don't, I don't, I, I don't it know. It has so little listed. information on here. Yeah, it really has a lot of just, just little pictures of. It just says ale brewed with pineapple, guava, and mango. Pineapple, guava, and mango. So it didn't actually have any grapefruit in it. No, but if, but that's got to be the hops yeah. that's finishing that grapefruit of course, flavor. Yeah. That's, uh, but I wouldn't have been surprised had you told me there was pink grapefruit in this thing because it's it's got that that much of a pink grapefruit. It just taste leaves the mouth watering like crazy. It does. Like pure, my mouth will not stop watering. Pure tropics, my friend. I see you're out. I'm gonna. Go I ahead am, and, just give and you I the appreciate you uh, taking care of that. Um, it's. I'll tell you what. It's it's a little different on the nose than it is. Uh, on the palate, it's very pleasant on the nose, but though. it's very pleasant both ways. Yes, very much. You so. know, uh, so kudos to them too. The um, the carbonation in here is just right. It's not enough carbonation yeah. to be fun and not too much, but not not enough to be distracting. So uh, yeah, and and it's it's a little bit viscous too. It's it is thicker than you might think. Yes, uh, but again, not in a weird chunky kind of way or anything. Says the guy who loves chunky beer. I do like weird chunky beers. Well, I will say I've had some. <laughs> I've had some uh, fruit ales and fruit IPAs that were brewed with uh, like a whole lot of apricot or different, uh, you know, different fruits. 
that are chunky when yeah. you when you pour them out, and and the, the chunks in those are not too bad. And I mean, you don't complain you about those. You don't have to chew them. Is the thing. It's you the multi chunks that you, you have can issues you can with. actually drink them. Yeah, I'm I'm more okay with citrusy chunks than I am with. Um, I, th- I think we call that pulp actually. Dried fruit. Chunks. You don't want to buy orange juice. I buy the high pulp yeah. orange juice. But I I don't I don't want chewy things that could have gone into a fruit cake. <laughs> in my beer, in my beer. Let me uh, let me just you know mm. let me specify. But that's that's oh, good ju- job, Parish Brewing. That is delicious. That is that is just damn good. It really really is. That is. Um, uh, did you buy only one of those? I, I only brought one with. I have one more at home. Oh, okay. I probably should have brought a second, <laughs> but uh, uh, at least now, at least now, I know I should have. Okay, so I tell you what, we're going to take another uh, quick break. Bloomberg has named the best new beers of 2019. Now, the only reason I mention this is because um, I I don't know what Bloomberg really knows about beer, but the fact that Bloomberg has named the best new beers of 2019, like, I'm going to have to consider voting for him for president because he's running. <laughs> and I haven't heard about a best beers list from any of the other candidates right? on any of the uh, party tickets. Maybe we could get him so, to do a cigar pairing. Oh, see? Uh, I do. Well, you know, Giuliani might do a cigar pairing. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be a uh, wouldn't that be an interesting ticket if they ran together? <laughs> Bloomberg and Giuliani. <laughs> We're both from New York and one of us uh likes beers and one of us likes cigars. So, uh anyway, we'll get into Bloomberg's best new beers of 2019 uh, when we come back. Wiki Brian popped up that uh uh, that beer we just had is seven percent. Seven percent. Okay, so we were smart to start with that then, because we're going to now move up to eight something uh, with the Mexican Honey Imperial Lager, uh, which will be our next uh, our next beer choice. Um, and we'll also talk about Bloomberg's best new beers, and Ian and I will uh, reveal our choices uh, for the um, the three cigars we Favorite enjoyed the cigars. most. Yeah, in uh, 2019. That's all coming up in the next segment. It's smoking and toasting, and we will be right back on show number 168. Welcome back, my friends. It is Smoking and Toasting, the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 168. We'll be bringing you hangover cures before the show is over, and Ian and I will be talking about uh, our best and favorite cigars of the last year. And we'll even uh, take a look at what is considered maybe some of the best of the decade. Of the decade. The decade. Yes, can, because I, we, can I take a quick second and just give a, a shout out to the people who always watch us on Facebook? Oh, yes. That is so appreciate Mr. it. Mr. Allen Denny, uh, yep, Mr. Yep. Howard Sandler, Mr. Brian Coltrane. These guys, uh, they're, Tom they're Harris regular, is regular, on there. Yep, These guys are Always, always, always on. with us. I always it's see their names awesome on here. Thing. So I just want to say thank you guys so much. It's a pretty awesome thing. Well, uh, Bloomberg says that it was, it, it says craft, craft beer got weird in 2019, according to Bloomberg. <laughs> uh, and basically, they talk about uh, Boston Beer buying uh, or merging with uh, Dogfish Head and New Belgium uh, being sold to uh, Kieran and to um, the sale of Ballast Point from Constellation Brands. To a uh, a craft brewery in Chicago, right? So it has been a pretty weird beer. They're saying it's becoming more dog eat dog in the world of craft beer, which I guess is a good way to describe it. But they also have picked out 
They're favorites in several different styles and categories of the new beers from 2019. So I thought we'd just run through these uh, real quick. In lager, they chose the Fontaflora Nebo Pilsner, a Pilsner-style lager at 5.2 ABV uh, from Morgantown, North Carolina. That's Fontaflora. They also chose Oxbow Saphouse. A smoked dark lager at 7%. Uh, the brewery is based out of Newcastle, Maine. For hoppy ales, they chose a pale ale called Duchess Ales Ghost Beer. Uh, that brewery is in Wasaic, New York. They chose a half-acre Bodum, an American IPA, uh, from the brewery in Chicago. And they chose... Green Cheeks Swim Test, a triple IPA at 10.2 out of Orange, California. One of the reasons I wanted to do this list because I've never heard of any of these beers. I was just about to say I've never had any of those. I've never had any of them. And so this is uh, this is particularly interesting to me. Um, uh, the writer says, when I'm feeling particularly jaded about the current state of beer, I lean on breweries like Green Cheek and it's drink while smiling motto to pull me out of the fog. <laughs> right. That that works for me. Uh, Belgian style ales. They uh, I have heard of this brewery at least, Tired Hands Brewery out of Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Uh, Tired Hands uh, beer called Adaptive Distortion, which is uh, what they call a table beer at uh, three point five. Huh. Um, off colors very very far a mixed fermentation ale at six percent ABV out of Chicago. A lot of very interesting beers on this That's, list. That mixed fermentation ale yeah. is very much a I don't know what to call it. Yeah, <laughs> let's call it mixed fermentation. That sounds um, good. They say here that Chicago's off color brewery seems perfectly happy marching to the beat of its own drum. They famously favor arcane styles over popular ones, and they ask the question: When's the last time you had a Cotbusser ale? Apparently, they make them. I have at, no idea what yeah, that is. I, I don't either. The Suarez Family Brewery's Crescent is a Sasson out of the Suarez Family Brewery in Livingston, New York. And those are the beers that made that category. And then the category they call Strong Beers. Uh, Burial Portals Strong, like bull. Beyond Non-Existence. An Imperial Stout at, are you ready? 15%. Yeah, baby. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, that's out of Asheville, uh, North Carolina. Uh, he says, the author says, I'm skeptical of beers fortified with umpteen ingredients, a dash of nutmeg here, a sprinkle of chipotle there, often assuming that the add-ons are meant to hide a flower mask of breweries ineptitude. He says, that's not the case with this behemoth of an imperial stout from North Carolinian stalwarts burial beer. Hmm. That's a behemoth. Is also a pretty hardcore band. Uh, yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> Sierra Nevada makes the list with their trip in the woods. Vintage Bigfoot. It's a barley wine at twelve point one. I've never had a barley wine from Sierra Nevada. I've never had a barley. We may wine have from to Sierra seek this Nevada out, either. my friend. This sounds like it could be interesting. And Allagash Brewery out of Portland, Maine, a brewery I've been to and have a great deal of respect for. Uh, they are uh, named here with a uh, triple with coffee. Uh, their barrel and bean at ten percent ABV. So there's their list of the best new beers of 2019. I've not had one of those beers. No. So out of all the beer that we've had a chance to sample and try, <laughs> we're still in not 2019. There yet. Man, we're woefully behind. <laughs> woefully behind. So, so, uh, so there you go. Uh, do you have a? a fa- I, I, we I didn't talk about preparing a list, but I was just wondering if you had a favorite beer that you'd had in 2019. 
favorite beers, like beers that I was turned on to this year. Yeah. Uh, the St. Arnold Gutentag. I turned you on to that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is the exact opposite of an IPA. Right. And it's, it's it is to malt what an IPA is to hops, right? And it's absolutely wonderful. I absolutely love it. Um, it's just delicious, and it's not a huge beer either. It's not a no, big it's beer. It's just drinkable. a very malty beer. Yeah, very drinkable. Um, uh, new ones that I've been turned on to. There's been. I'm blanking on some of them now. We've well, had I didn't mean so to put many, you on the spot because yeah, we, we didn't so prepare ones. a list like that's we did one with of the cigars. Ones, that's one of the ones that's been my go-to. Uh, the Gutentag. Yeah, the Gutentag. Yeah. Recently go-to. Uh, there's been a few others that I uh, pick up here and there. Uh, Eureka Heights started canning their Mostly Harmless. Or not Mostly Harmless, but their uh, Wicked Awesome, which is their Wicked ESB. Awesome. Yep. So that's mm-hmm. been a go-to for me that's as well. Great. Just not a lot of people make ESBs, and I love that style of beer. Um, and so, unless you're drinking Fuller's, you're probably drinking either a local or right. something. You know, uh, there is a very good Red Hook ESB. Yes, yes, I've had, um, which I like. Not one of my favorite ESBs, uh, so I, I don't usually go to that one. But the Eureka Heights canning that recently mm-hmm. has been a go-to. Yep. So yep. How about yourself? Yep. Well, I, you know, Ghost in the Machine has been, um, you know, one of my sort of go-to beers, I guess, uh, this year. Although I think Chris Hart was on the show, and I tried that maybe in 2018. Um, so it may have the, the frozen version. But the non-frozen version, yeah, it definitely was a 2019 uh, discovery uh, discovery for me. I'm trying to think what else I've had that it really has kind of been a, a go-to for me this year. I've really enjoyed Sierra Nevada's, Sierra Nevada's uh, Hazy Little Thing, yeah. IPA. Yeah. has been a good one. And uh, you mentioned the Gutentag. I, I love that beer. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's great. Think it's so uh, Brian put up your hundreds of foam rangers just passed out when you said you haven't had Sierra Nevada barley wine. It's called the Bigfoot. Maybe I have because that sounds familiar, but I, I, I'm not pulling it up off the top of my head. All right, so Big we got we got we we I know we haven't tried it on I've the show. I've seen it at least. Yeah. I know we haven't, we haven't tried, tried it on the show. show. Right, so we'll have to we'll have so, to definitely do that. We'll, yeah. We'll, so we'll speaking of things, speaking of things to try, we have a Mexican Imperial Honey Lager here that is a um, uh, it's out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, from Indeed, Indeed Brewing. Mexican Honey is the name. Imperial Lager is the style, and it's time for Ian to uh, create sound effects. Ooh, that was good. That was good. That's your, Ian. That's your best sound effect of the decade so far. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to mention to you. Good now, to know. Now, this is really interesting to me because as uh, as 2019 developed, a lot of breweries started working on lagers and pilsners, and we saw several come out with new. Uh, Mexican style lagers, and if you remember, we had the one, uh, and it was only a few uh, shows ago, but we had the one that came in the can with the wave on it. Remember um, that really multicolored wave? Uh, I, I'm not that one was recalling. Really good. It was too. delicious. I still have one in my refrigerator, and I'm going to have to go back and and try that soon. But I'm very curious about the Indeed Mexican Honey because this is an imperial lager, so it's coming in at. Uh, Eight percent, I think. So. Yeah, this is eight uh, percent. I will tell you, just from the smell of this, you will mm-hmm. not be able to get bees away from you. Yeah, it's very, very honey-ish. Yeah, right off the bat, very honey-ish. Uh, Mexican, but honey it also has a little bit of that. Um, like I started to say the word stoutness, not as in a stout beer, but it's you can tell that it's got some ABV heft to it. The artwork on this is really nice. It got all these uh, bees and flowers, and. Ooh. And uh, cactuses on here as well. I'm going to hold this up to the 
Ian, uh, I'm real curious for you to try this. Cactuses. It <laughs> smells so good. It smells so honey. Mm-hmm. Honey. You know what's interesting to me about this? You know how loggers Whoa. have... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. It tastes honey. Yes. So you know how loggers have that uh, that sort of little bitter after uh, taste that lingers on the palate? This has none of that. The honey just completely obliterates any kind of a Pilsnerish. Like if you have like a Stella Artois or something like that, right? It's always got that little bit of bitter that's, yeah. that hangs on the palate after. That's non-existent here. This has honey. Yes, it on does. On the palate, it lingers with honey. Mm. It's like you might be able to use this if you're having a hard time talking. Just put a little, uh, uh, put a little lemon into this, and it becomes, you know, something to help your throat. To help your throat. I'll tell you what. Of any beer I've ever had that has been called a honey beer, this is way more honey. This is the honeyest of them all. Well, you yeah. know, um, uh, 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 Spindle Top. Has that mm-hmm. honey hole, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. And up till now, that was the honeyest beer I think I'd had. This 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 top tastes it. like honey with beer added. Honey brewed with beer, right? Instead of the other yeah. way around. It's not as thick as the honey would be. Its its consistency is definitely more beer consistency. But uh, but from a flavor standpoint, you're 100 percent right. I am on the fence about this. Like I kind of really? like it. Oh, but I like it a lot. But it's so weird. Like because <laughs> I can't it's so stop honey? drinking it. Yeah. The flavors are very bizarre in this. Um, I bet, like, I want this with a honey bun. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not getting you know much those, more than honey. You here. know those cheap ass. Oh yeah, those little uh, uh, like uh, pre-made like. And the the icing always sticks to the cellophane wrapper. That's right, right. Yeah. yeah, this this with one of those would be just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I know you're thinking about it. I am, hard. and and I'll tell you what this. is. I think this is delicious. There's a there's a spice in there too. It's like a little hint of coriander, maybe coriander. Is that it? I don't know. That might be it. I think I think it is. I'm not a huge fan of coriander and beer, and that might be no. the one little stick in here that that I'm not enjoying as much. But overall, this is del- this I think is, this is delicious. This is one of the more interesting beers I think we've had on the show. In, in that, it's not it's it's not that complex, but it's a lot of honey. It's a lot of honey. You've heard a bit of honey. This is more than a it's bit. It's a lot of honey. Like if you uh, if you ate a bit of honey after this, you might not taste it. It might just right. taste like wax. <laughs> That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. <laughs> I, I Ian, I think it's delicious. I really do. That's I, that's a that's a very pleasant surprise uh, to me. <laughs> I will I will take it. I will definitely take it. I, you know, it's it's there's just that one weird spice, but maybe I'm getting over. It. I keep drinking it. I can't stop drinking it. Hmm. So, oh, we got a shout out to Old Humble Distilling. They're watching us. I love those guys. Those guys are so those fun. Those guys, I'm, I'm still nursing the last bit of my bottle of their uh, of their whiskey that they brought when they were here. They gave Old us Humble. they gave us the collapsible shot glass, didn't they? Yes, they did. <laughs> Cheers to those guys. Cheers to those guys. Like that's a great party trick. You take a shot and then you slam it on the table and the whole thing just collapses. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's more impressive. It's so stupid, but it's, it's more beautiful. impressive if the other people have done shots as well. Yes, you know, but they'll be more impressed with that. Hey, uh, here's something interesting that just happened. Um, 
you're you're of course familiar with the Fonseca uh, yes. cigar yes. brand, right? It's belonged to the Consa- uh, the Casada family, who have uh, rolled uh, Fonsecas in the Dominican Republic. I don't know if there is a Fonseca that's not a Dominican cigar. I think they're all Dominican tobacco. Uh, the Fonseca cigar brand has been purchased from the Casadas by my father, not my. Father, By your father? Personally. I didn't yeah. know your father was My father's cigars <laughs> right, right. Has, has purchased it. Um, so this is very interesting because uh, uh, Manuel Casada has been making uh, Fonsegas in the DR since uh, 1974. Wow. So this is a real uh, going to be a real change because uh, the my father guys, of course, are... Uh, you know, are not based in the Dominican Republic. I'm super so. interested. I wonder if they'll keep it there as, like, that would be their line there. I don't, or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, here's the thing. If you pick up any cigar that says my father on it, it's a great cigar. Well, it, it's kind of like, like we were talking about with Dogfish Head yeah, uh, never as, been as a brewery. It's like, yeah, you know there's going to be a certain level of quality right. involved. Yeah, and same thing with my father. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with... With uh, Fonseca, do they make it more of a bargain brand? Do they make it like you were saying, their Dominican line? Like, how do they? Uh, what do they do with the brand? Will be interesting. And it's it's funny you use the term bargain brand because we always think a little bit negative about that. But uh, you know, uh, over the last couple of months, I've picked up a few Brick House cigars, mm-hmm. which is arguably more of a bargain, brand, more of a yeah. bargain brand. Mm-hmm. Those are great. They really are, like, and they're you know, cheap and they're great. Well, you and I, relatively cheap. Yeah. You and I talk about Nico Libres all the time. Yeah, like what a great Definitely. cigar. That's Definitely. less expensive. Yeah. Definitely economically viable. Yes, that's a good way to put Would it. You like economically that? viable. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, it's time for some Maker's Mark, uh, Ian. And not just any Maker's Mark. And not just Maker's Mark uh, 46, which is good. But this is taking is Maker's good. Mark 46 to the next level. This is Maker's Mark Private Select. And as it turns on Mr. Twirly Gig, we will take a break and we'll be uh, right back at Smoking and Toasting. And, uh, oh, get your list ready. Next segment, your list of oh, your, list is ready. your three favorite cigars. Keep it right here in okay. my head. I like it. Or, or on my phone. I keep it next to my heart. Because your shirt pocket? Yes. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. First show of the new year, first show of the decade. Uh, we will be talking hangover cures. We'll do that in our final segment. Uh, and the best of the year and the decade, Ian and I will be revealing our cigar favorites. But first, let's go to Cigar Journal and do their top 25. Ian, are you ready? I'm just going to blaze through these here. Cavalier Premium Cigars, Geneve, White, or Geneve. Geneva. White, Geneva. Is that how you say it? Geneva? Yep. It's spelled with an E on the end. It's still Geneva? Geneva. Geneva, White Series Lanchero. Have you had this? Not the White Series. Not the White Series. Okay. Well, uh, I'm glad you've at least had something. Uh, at number 24, the Aladino Corojo Reserva, yeah. uh, which is a great cigar. Uh, at number 23, the one-off Corona Gorda. Uh, that was the, uh, you know, the one-off brand is the one with the peace sign on the, uh, uh, on the band. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, that was one of the top cigars last year, wasn't it? Was, it? Or year uh, before. Year before, I believe. Yeah. At 22, the La Galera, 1936 Torpedo Cortador. 
Uh, at number 21, the Oscar Veladares Oscar Habano Winter Edition. That's the one that has the green um, candela leaf wrapped around the, the end and has the green band. Uh, at number 20, Liberation by Hamlet Toro. This is a Rocky Patel cigar, and it's the first of the Rocky lineup that doesn't say Rocky Patel on it that's been really, like, universally praised as a great cigar, um, you know, other than the stuff that says Rocky Patel. Right, right. Uh, so it came in at number 20. At number 19, the EPC, uh, that's um, on the Encore Majestic. This is the shorter version of the mm-hmm. uh, EP Carrillo uh, cigar that was number one on Cigar Aficionados. That whole uh, line, year. though, that whole Encore line is fantastic. It's really, really quite good. At 18, the Tetuaje Reserva SW Short, yes. uh, which I've had one of those. It's fantastic. At 17, the La Aurora 115 Anniversary Robusto. Uh, I don't think I've had a 115. I've seen these in the store. I don't think I've smoked one of these. I haven't had one. Uh, at 16, the Hoya de Nicaragua Cinco de Quedas El, El General. Um, the cigar, they say, more than lives up to the occasion, exactly as the Hoya advertising slogan uh, says. It's um, it's a good-looking cigar. It's a good-looking cigar. Uh, you've heard of this one. At 15, the Oliva Serie 5 or Serie V Milanio Robusto Limitada 2018. Oh, heck yeah. <clears throat> At 14, the Perdomo Estate Selection Vintage Maduro Imperial. That's the one with the ESV on the label. Uh, at number 13, the Balmoral Añejo XO Connecticut Petite Robusto Flagtail. Long name. I've not smoked that one. I've had a Balmoral before, but I've not smoked that particular cigar. At 12, the Antigua Esteli Segovias Maduro Robusto. I've not had this one. It's a good-looking cigar, though. Yeah, I haven't um, had that either. Uh, at 11, the Gurkha Ghost Gold Shadow. So I've heard good things about the Gurkha Ghost uh, Gold series. They released this at the 2018 IPCPR show. And it's a blend of Dominican, American, and Nicaraguan tobacco. The, chalice, uh, the sh- Shadow is the smallest one uh, in the line. Uh, Vega Fina 1999 VF52 is number 10. Now, this is really interesting because Vega Fina is <coughs> one of the more budget lines of uh, the people who make uh, Macanero and mm-hmm. uh, Monte Cristo and, uh, and, and that. So very interesting that a Vega Fina showed up. Vega Fina is usually the one where, like, if you're buying one of those sampler packs online, right, right. they throw a couple of those in to keep it from being to too expensive. Right, right. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, the Rocky Patel uh, Tavacusa Toro at number nine, I created that, to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the opening of his uh, Tabacalera Via Cuba SA, which was also known as Tavacusa Boutique Factory in Esteli. So uh, that came in at number nine. At eight, the Placencia Alma del Fuego Flama. You've had one of those. That's the that's the real longer and skinnier mm-hmm. Placencia, right? Um, at number seven, the San Lotano Dominican Toro. This is a collaboration between A.J. Fernandez and Jose Blanco. And uh, I had one of these actually last week and really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. At number six, the Liga Pravada, number nine, Corona Viva. What they got right about this was the size. That mm-hmm. that that Corona is the wonderful. That's the one. That yeah. is the one, yep. Uh, at number five, the Vegas del Purial, Gran Reserva Super Toro. 
Uh, it comes from El Galan Cigars in Esteli, uh, Nicaragua. I've seen this cigar, but I don't think I have. Uh, I don't think I've uh, smoked one of those. Yeah, I don't know that one. Uh, that's number five. Uh, at number four, the Punch Short Dip Punch. Now this is just the regular punch. It was interesting because I thought maybe the Diablo or one of the newer cigars right. would make this list. Uh, but it is the modernization, they say, of the classic Habanos brand continuing to progress. Larger ring gauges, but shorter in length. It's a 50 ring gauge. First one for punch. That's a 50 ring gauge. Number three, the Alec and Bradley Blind Faith Toro. Um, Alec and Bradley. Alec and Bradley and Blind mm-hmm. Face. So that's Blind a Faith. Yeah. Steve Winwood collaboration. There you go. There. there you go. Next thing you know, it'll be the uh, the traffic. Um, At number two, the Davidoff, Winston Churchill, LE 2019, The Traveler. I smoked one of these this year. It was fantastic. Uh, I'm a fan of the Davidoff, Winston Churchills. Uh, They're they're, expensive. They're way overpriced. Yeah, they're they're expensive, but but they're great. They really are. And if you can find the uh, smaller ones in the tin, they're super handy, and it's a great, like, if you're traveling. Good to know. You want a good cigar but a short one, Mm -hmm. that's a great way to do it. Of course, they're still a little pricey, but they're fantastic. At number one, the A.J. Fernandez Bella Artes Maduro Robusto. Oh, yeah. We've had that. The Bella Artes is just such a great cigar. And the Maduro, oh, 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 uh, be still my heart. That's good stuff. That's very, very good stuff. So there you go. That's Cigar Journal's top cigars of uh, 2019. That's that's a big list. Um, so you want to uh, you want to taste makers mark or you want to do your list? Which you which, which yes come first? <laughs> okay. The answer. So, so should we taste makers mark while we do the list? Is that a good plan? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Uh, so makers mark private uh, private barrel select. This is where they take makers 46 and they age it with uh, with. Uh, barrel staves, mm-hmm. uh, oak barrel staves, and uh, these generally come out a little higher proof. Oak stave selection by Bill Samuels Jr. Mm-hmm. This one is at uh, 55.3% or 110.6 proof. I'm thinking this is going to be like your kind of uh, whiskey, uh, Ian. Uh, oak finishing staves. Makers 46 oak finishing staves. Mm-hmm. So I got that yeah. right. Yep. <laughs> I was on it. Uh, that's this good to know. just promises to be good. I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of hard to go wrong with Makers anyway. Even their basic. Even their basic is good. Is and I'll tell you, good. the Makers 46 is, is, I mean, that's a go-to for me. Like Always have a bottle of that. On my box. shelf, between uh, between Makers and Knob Creek, like depending on the mood I'm in, that's just my standard kind of whatever kind of whiskey. Easy way to and go. it's a yeah. great whiskey. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. Kind of an easy way to go. Mm. All right. Well, oh, cheers, cheers, cheers to you. you. Oh, cheers to you. I might have underfilled yeah, you, but that's all we, right. They make more. Oh, this uh, smells so good. It, smells, it just smells caramel so right caramel top, yeah. and yes, and even a little molasses. Mm-hmm. Oh, love this. I haven't even taken a, a, a sip yet. There's a little smokiness to it that's mm-hmm. just on a just a hint on the back. It's, a, it's oily. It goes all across the palate. That is it's a chocolatey. fine, fine whiskey. It's chocolatey and the molasses kind mm-hmm. of thing. Chocolate caramel molasses. Mm. It's so good. I think this is a, a whiskey that Chris Hart would like. Yes. Our buddy Chris Hart. I think so. Who, by the way, our last episode, we did it the uh, right before Christmas. Chris Hart was our guest and Alan Danny pod crashed. Uh, but did you notice, like, Chris, I thought was... 
particularly defensive on the show. Didn't you think so? <laughs> uh, like, like he felt like he was under attack or he something. He did. He did. He's our friend. He's our buddy. We always we love him. We promote what he does. We feel like he's like the greatest. I don't know why he. I mean, we pick on him a little bit. We've been told nobody cares about him, and yet we still like try to promote everything he does. Yeah, you know? I mean, we, we, we pick on him a little bit, but you know, I think hopefully he knows it's all. He's a whiskey expert. He, he can handle a little, uh, a, a little, a little ribbing, <laughs> right? Well, he should know. <laughs> all right. So while we are enjoying this Maker Select, which by the way, uh, Maker's Mark Private Select, uh, if you can find a, a bottle of this, it's so worth it. You know this. This is not a super expensive. Uh, no, I think these are in the fifty dollar range, they right? Are. Yes, they are. They're right in, the $50 in there. Range. And the Ford Makers 46 is like $35 or $40, correct? Mm-hmm. Which like honestly might it's be great, about yeah. the best $30 to $40 you could great, spend. That's yeah, a great whiskey. Yeah, on whiskey. So I want to sneak one extra in. We're talking about our top three, but I want to give an honorable mention. Oh, Ian goes for the honorable mention, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going because we're starting at, we're starting, uh, at, we're starting from three and going to one. So my honorable mention is the uh, Aladino uh, Maduro Lancero. The Maduro. The Maduro Lancero from Aladino is such an amazing cigar. It's so good. Uh, and I don't know what it is. Like, I like their Maduros, but mm-hmm. that particular cigar is really particularly good. So, starting at my number three here, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to give this to the Oscar Valdez Superfly. Oh, you like the Superfly on your list. That so, is so great. Not only so is great. the label totally pimping. It is the coolest cigar label ever. Yeah, I mean, it is pimping, straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, the purple is awesome. Uh, and it looks awesome. And, of course, it's written Superfly, you know. Uh, so so there's that. It, it's a great-looking cigar, too. The mm-hmm. dark, rich uh, Maduro wrapper. Almost uh, Oscuro. It's so, so dark. So I reviewed this actually not too long ago, just a couple months mm-hmm. ago, and I gave it a 5.5. Mm-hmm. Which is you get a little more than it's worth, uh, mm-hmm. but it is a kind of a pricey cigar too. It's it was I think ten dollars ish. And by the way, this list is not necessarily about how it does price to quality. It's what you enjoyed the right. most. But so it might be a more expensive cigar <clears throat> that you just really loved, but it didn't get a as big a P to Q number because of its right. price. But right. here's what happens: once I smoked that one, the next time I went in, I bought another one and I mm-hmm. smoked it. And the next time I went by a, st- a shop, I bought another one and smoked it. I have bought Superfly cigars almost every time I've walked by them. <laughs> and that, to me, says something. Because mm-hmm. while I didn't register it as one of my favorites at first, I keep buying the darn things. Yep. And they're so good. Tells you a lot. I you. enjoy them tremendously. And I like the smaller size, the Corona size, much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably my favorite there. I don't know what they call it, but it's... It's their Corona size is so good. Uh, so that's number three on my list. We're going to move to number two. Would have to be the uh, Southern Draw Cedrus. Oh. Um. I. I gave this one a five point five. But it's another one, where I gave it that five point five, and then I kept buying them. You know, it's interesting because you've had two cigars on your list now that you gave five point fives. And yet they've made your yet I kept favorite them. of the year list. There's a lot of cigars that I rated higher, but I didn't keep buying them over and over again. Mm-hmm. These two cigars, every time I pass by the darn things, I buy them, and they're not cheap. Like they're both in the ten to twelve dollar range. Um, but every time I walk by them, I buy the darn things, and they're because I just enjoy them that much. So right. those two make number two and uh, three on my list 
uh, of favorite cigars this year. And these it doesn't mean that they came out this year. It's just this is what I've got right, to turn on to this year. This is what you smoked that you enjoyed this year. Right. And, uh, and I'm also only including cigars that I've done reviews on um, mm-hmm. because I can't remember all the other cigars I've smoked. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to put down number one, my favorite cigar that I've had this uh, this year. And again, it's one that I gave um, sort of. This was this was a funny thing because I, I reviewed this on the show. This was the Cavalier Geneva, and this oh, the one so that I reviewed was, was the mispronouncing USA, earlier. Right, right. This is the USA exclusive. And then when I came back from IPCPR, um, um, Christian from uh, Cavalier gave me. Uh, one of the cigars, Sebastian, not Christian. Sorry, Sebastian. Um, I had a little blank in my head for a second there. Sebastian gave me one of these cigars to try, and I didn't try it until it came back. And when I tried that cigar, we also did the uh, interview that I recorded with him on. Right, um, I remember that on the show. So I went back and watched it because I couldn't remember what I uh, rated this cigar because I didn't have it written in my uh, notes for whatever reason, and I realized why. If you watch the interview where I talk, where or if you watch the uh, show where I talk about this cigar, I didn't know what the cigar cost, and I couldn't find it anywhere online. Mm. So I found out. By the way, I guessed this cigar was going to be in the ten to twelve dollar range, and so I gave it a six. Which I did, good, however, say on the show if it costs eight dollars, it gets a seven or an eight. Guess what? What? It's about an $8 cigar. Holy moly. So this one got one of my highest ratings at a 7-8, mm-hmm. um, as per what I originally said about it, and I keep buying the things. Every time I go to nice. uh, Mr. Denny's new shop down in Galveston, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. has them in stock, and I buy them, and I smoke them. And I just enjoy the Cavalier Geneva so much. It's such a great cigar. It's a great price point. I expected them to be a lot pricier than this. Um and it smokes like a cigar that's a lot pricier than this. So this is one of my absolute favorites this year that I've been turned on to. And, Love it. Uh, and that's your number one. That's my number one for the year, yeah. Awesome. Love it. Love it. See, this is so much more objective to me than the cigar aficionado list. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just what we smoked that we liked, you know? Yeah. We knew what they were. Well, early in the year, as you know, Ian, uh, we were invited to Honduras where we got to uh, tour the Aladino uh, factory. I remember something about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was great. Come on. Yeah, I remember something about it. I don't remember everything about it, to be completely there honest. Was some, there was some rum Because there was some Florida Kanye that was enjoyed while we were there. Uh, but, I will, uh, but I will say we had a wonderful time. And one of the, one of the great things about that trip, uh, the hospitality was spectacular. But they had a table in the house that was sort of the central area where we were staying while we were there for several days. And that table was just stocked with Aladino cigars, all the different varieties and and everything. And we enjoyed smoking the Aladino Connecticut, which hadn't come out yet. It was a buffet. It was a buffet of cigars. Oh, it was awesome. It was it was the type of thing where you walked by and even if you hadn't finished smoking the cigar you were you were smoking, you wanted another one because it was yes. just there looking good. Well, and that's where I got turned on to those uh Lancero Which Maduros. you mentioned as your uh, mm-hmm. honorable mention. Well, I'm going to say as my number 3, the one that I kept going back to the most. Uh the Aladino Corojo Reserve. Yeah, they're great. And I don't know if I would have because that was early in the year. It's easy to forget how much you enjoyed something. Right. Uh, but when I was uh, away for the holidays with my wife in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, it was one of the, I, I bought one of those when I was at the, um, the cigar club, uh, cigar store. 
And I sat and smoked that playing video blackjack, <laughs> drinking some rum, and was reminded of how amazingly good that Honduran cigar is. Yeah. It's fantastic. So that's my number three, Aladino nice. Corojo Reserva. At uh, number two, <clears throat> I am so thrilled to be able to announce that this is back in my list. The Casada Oktoberfest Kaiser Ludwig 2019. Nice. Well, you yes. enjoyed those so much in the 16. And- I, I did. The 16 and and, and then the um, the 2017 wasn't as good. 2018, they didn't do one. Right. So when the 2019 came out and I was able to try one and smoke one and enjoy it, I bought you one of those, didn't I? Yes. And you enjoyed it as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the Oktoberfest is back. But it has the label from the one that we didn't like as much. It has right, the white right. Label. It has that white label. Right, it's right. easily confused with the 2017, but it's not once you smoke it. Trust me, uh, it's not. Uh, and number one, and I had to really think about this, and I will mention, by the way, not included on my list is the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez, that new, like, amazing one that uh, Adam bought me one of that Alan Denny's been raving about um, uh, that he says is one of the best cigars he's smoked in a yeah. long time. Uh, and the reason it's not on my list is I haven't smoked it yet. It's still in you my You have it, but you haven't right. smoked so, it yet. So it may well make my list in uh, 2020 if it lives up to the hype. But I tell you what did make the list. At number one for me, the A.J. Fernandez, Bella Artez, Maduro, Short, Churchill. Now, I've had the Robusto. Right. which is the one that came in at number one on the uh-huh. Cigar Journal list, and it's quite good. I've also had the larger one. They call it a Gordo, even though it's not that big. It's just a little bit uh, larger, a little bit longer. But the Maduro Short Churchill is like it's like perfection in Now, cigars. me and you split a box of those a long time yes, ago, sir. but it, that wasn't the Short Churchill, was no, it? No, I was think the that was the Robusto. Gordo. Uh, no, was, it was the Gordo. It was the Gordo, gotcha. Yep, it was the Gordo. And those were outstanding. And the Gordo's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've got some of those in the humidor now, uh, but I'm really I'm really starting to think that I need another box of these Short Churchills because that nice. was – it was just – you know, sometimes it's a particular um, – uh, like it is with the, um, the Liga Provadas. If you get that one size yeah. – it's just like perfection, right? You know? I mean, they're all the good, others are but, great, but that one size yeah, is perfection, yeah. and so that's kind of how I feel about the Bella Artez Maduro Short Churchill. You cannot go wrong with that cigar. You just can't. You just can't. I don't AJ, know if I've actually tried I'm a fan it in boy. Short Churchill. I'm a fanboy. But I yeah, the Bella Artez, I'm super happy with it. Well, uh, you pretty happy with the Maker's Mark Private this Select? This Maker's Mark Private Select is so delicious. Mm-hmm. Like. And, you know, uh, like when we're trying whiskeys in here, most of the time we just drink it neat. Mm -hmm. I always forget I need to bring like a little dropper and maybe a couple ice cubes just in case. There is more whiskey in the bottle and we have a break coming up. I'm just pointing that out. (laughs) Just pointing that out. All right, we do have a break coming up. We have uh, Hangover Curious to talk about a few more uh, best of lists of the year. And we'll be tasting our final beer. Cinnamon. That's what's in there, too. Cinnamon. Big time. Cinnamon, yes. Big time. Almost reminds me of, this is a horrible uh, thing to compare it to because this is so lowbrow. But remember those cinnamon toothpicks you could get in those yeah. little, uh, cellophane things? Reminds me a little bit of the flavor of those. So you keep those in your car because if you're getting tired while you're driving, you pop one of those in your mouth and it'll yeah. keep you awake. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Because it actually burns your lips. Like, that it and chemically burns your lips. That and sweet tarts. 
Sweet yeah, tarts. sweet tarts are good like sweet that. Sweet tarts work like that. Sometimes I get Sour Patch Kids, too. Yep, those will work in a pinch. Uh, when we come back, Black Raven Brewing's Splinters. It's a bourbon barrel-aged scotch ale. We'll put it up on Mr. Twirly Gig during the break, and we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting, and it's... Uh, Cheers. This is such a so wonderful... Good. Oh, so good. Hmm. Maker's Mark, Private Select. I want this with gingerbread cake. I want it with a taco from Jack in the Box. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 168. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. In the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth by B.B. Italia on Memorial in Houston. B.B. Lemon on Washington Ave. And the Annie Cafe and Bar at Post Oak Boulevard in Houston. Uh, coming up in this segment, we will be tasting Black Raven Brewing's Splinters. It's a bourbon barrel aged Scotch Ale from Redmond, Washington. Look and how we'll delicious be, that looks. We, it does look delicious just sitting there on Mr. Twirly Gig, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. Um, real quick, let me blast through uh, this list. Paste, uh, which is a pretty good music website, uh, occasionally writes about other things, and they wrote about. That's not Pace, that's expensive concert tickets. It's Paste. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> Expensive concert tickets. Um, they have written about their 25 favorite beers of the past decade, of the 2010s. So I thought it would be uh, fun to go through the list and see what we find up. at uh, The first one they list, and I don't believe these are in numerical order. Um, the first one they list is Austin Beer Garden Brewing Company's Industry Pilsner. I've had this beer. I've been to Austin Beer Garden. Uh, it was one of the things I, I had a, I had a business meeting there. One year when I had gone into town during South by Southwest, which, by the way, I don't recommend. Uh, but I had a business meeting there. And when the meeting was over, I stayed for three hours and drank <laughs> beer. It was awesome. <laughs> that nice. place is fantastic. I wish it had been in Austin when I was going to college. I would have... I would have lived there. But the Industry Pilsner... You might not have finished college. I probably wouldn't. The Industry Pilsner is quite delicious. Also on the list, Focal Banger from The Alchemist. The Alchemist, uh, they're well-known for Hetty Topper, their Mm -hmm. IPA. Uh, But this is the one that made the list. It's a Focal Banger. They call it a uh, genre-shaking contribution. And uh, so they, uh, they say it's judiciously hopped with Citra and Mosaic. Hops, which the author says is rather like saying your average hurricane is on the windy side. So I don't know if that's a beer that you would like, Ian. It sounds like it's uh, you know super I try it. Like I said, you know if it's if it's good, I like it. If it's run of the mill IPAs, then I don't mm-hmm. care about them. Allagash Brewing Company from Maine, uh, their Cool Ship Resurgum. Um, I'm not familiar with that particular beer, but uh, I love Allagash and would love to try it. Brew Gentleman's General Braddock's IPA. Makes the list, as does Burial Beer Companies. We had Burial Beer on the last yep, list, right? Yep. The Separation of Light and Darkness. Love the name. It's a mixed culture. The artwork's song. Real cool on it. The artwork's yeah, really awesome. Creature Comforts Brewing's Tropicalica, Tropicalia, rather, IPA. We've, we've, had, a, we've had Creature Comforts, but we have not had yeah, this specific yeah. beer. So, uh, But it sounds like it might be similar to the Pure Tropics that we had uh, earlier on the show in style. Firestone Walker Brewing's Anniversary Ale. Have we had the anniversary? We've had the anniversary, we've but had, not this year. Yes, but I think maybe. it's different every year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I believe it is. I believe it is. Uh, Fremont Brewing. Bourbon barrel aged dark star. Oh, I'm so intrigued. I'm so intrigued. I want I want to taste and try this. Uh, Funky Buddha Breweries, Maple Bacon Coffee Porter. 
That doesn't sound like it it's would be good. It's called Funky Buddha. There's but I bet it is. That. Yeah. Uh, Great Notion Brewing's Ripe IPA uh, makes the list, as does Green Cheek Beer Company. This is the second Green Cheek right, uh, right. reference we've had. Their Radiant Beauty IPA. So we got to try Green Cheek. we got to get our hands on some of that. Uh, Hill Farmstead Brewery's Arthur. Uh, apparently, this is either a beer or it's a tech guy who likes to sit at his desk and watch Netflix. I don't know which it is. Uh, um, I don't know which there's, is the there's more. There's a backstory. There's that. a backstory of some sort. Uh, Jackie O's Jackie O's Brewery has a brew called Spirit Beast, and uh, it makes the list. Uh, it is. Um, uh, this would be. By the way, I'm going to send you. Go to pastemagazine.com and search for this list, their best beers of the decade, because you will enjoy reading. And I'm not going to take about the time the beer, to do yeah. all of it, but you'll enjoy all the all the reading that they will give you to do. Uh, Jester King Brewery's uh, Atrial Rubicite. Uh, it's a, a man. It's just very interesting looking. What I love about this list is how interesting and offbeat so many of these beers appear to be. Live Oak Brewing, our buddies, uh, their Hefeweizen, which this is one of the best Hefeweizens in Texas. I, will say I truly believe that Live Oak Hefeweizen is one of the best Hefeweizens yep. in existence. Yep. Like that. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of Hefeweizens, and that one is so good, it's undeniable. Yeah, I, like, I agree with undeniable. you. I'm not the world's biggest Hefeweizen fan, but that's good. Brian's going to chime in on this because he absolutely loves that stuff, too. Uh, Main Beer Company's Lunch IPA. We've actually had this on the show, and it was fantastic. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, Perennial Artisan Ales Abraxas, which, by the way, is I one love of the, the name. best Santana albums ever. Uh, so so uh, just just tangent wise because i know many things that don't matter um he was using a mesa boogie amp on that mesa engineering was a company that was modifying marshall amplifiers you know i will just say carlos santana is one of my favorite musicians of all time have you ever seen him interviewed oh yeah i love this man he's like so, he's like peace and love personified yes i love him so mesa engineering started building their own amps yeah called mesa right and uh, one of the things they did was create an amp that could get that kind of sustain like he does on Europa in there mm-hmm. where that note just mm-hmm. goes until he doesn't feel like holding it there anymore. Bum, 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 bum. And it just stays there. And, and it's solid. Yeah. So one of the things that they created was an amp that could do that without any additional help. Right. And uh, when he heard that amp, he goes, man, this thing really boogies. And now the amps are known as Mesa Boogie. Mesa Boogie. That's why you always see it as Mesa but it slash Carlos Boogie. Carlos said that. that was, this thing really boogies. Yes. I love him. Carlos Santana and Edward James Almost. I can't tell them apart, <laughs> but I love both of them. They're both like great How artists. How can I get through to these kids? <laughs> uh, by the way, they mentioned in this uh, write-up about uh, the Abraxas from Perennial Arts and Ales. They say that oh, it... F- for those of you not following this, Abraxas is the perennial... Santana album. Exactly. The one with Black Magic Woman. There you go. Come on, one of the greatest albums of all time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they say that it revels in the whole Mexican hot chocolate slash mole flavor profile that's become popular for Imperial Stouts in recent years and is regularly considered one of the best of that subset. Nice. Uh, so we talked about this brewery before. Uh, Frem with the small P, large F, P-F-R-I-E-M, Frem. Family from. Brewers. Yeah, their hell is. We've had we've their had IP, from, yeah. Yeah, we've had their IPA on the show, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. Uh, Russian River Brewing Company's 
Beautification, beer aged in oak barrels, makes the list, as does Side Project Brewing's Saison de Bleu. We've had Side Project on the show before as mm-hmm. well. Guess what made it? Sierra Nevada Brewing's Hazy Little Thing IPA. It's a great beer. I'm so proud of this brewery because you've seen how like elite this list is. Yes. There's not a lot of like big, like really well-established um Slightly more mainstream breweries yeah. making this list, and here comes Sierra Nevada. But still an independent brewery. Because well, they yeah. are absolutely, but they're much more well known yes. and 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 available uh, uh, countrywide. Uh, but Hazy Little Thing is just that good. It really is. I try to keep some of that on hand at home all the time. Uh, Treehouse Brewing Company's Julius, which uh, is a New England IPA. Orange Julius. You it get just the, looks yeah. like an orange Julius. Yes. Triple Crossing Brewing's Interstellar Burst uh, makes the list. So does Westbrook Brewing Company's Goza. Uh, and Wicked Weed's Golden Angel. Now, I've had a number of Wicked Weed brews. I have not had the I Golden had Angel. Either. So we may have to try that bad boy uh, as the uh, year unfolds. But there you go. There's our uh, uh, list from Pace Magazine. It was a lot of beers. But uh, a lot there's a lot in there that we should try, that we haven't tried yet. Uh, uh, yeah, challenge accepted. All right. But you know what we should try? <laughs> does Chal- it rhyme with this beer? Challenge accepted as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. I am going to look up the hangover cures while you, uh, uh, while you get that prepared, Ian, uh, because it's very, very exciting. Very, Oh, that very smells so exciting. good. Uh, yeah, this is the Scotch Ale. Which has been uh, um, aged in bourbon barrels. Bourbon barrels, thank you. Yes, for six Sorry. months. I saw you pouring it, and for a moment, I was just mesmerized. Barrels. Yes, it's beautiful. Oh, passing that along. It's not as dark up. as you'd think. It's scotch yep. ales are scotch ales can actually be kind of light to look at. Correct. Um, but it looks really pretty. Oh, let's here. Let's read a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we barrel-aged our second site scotch ale in various bourbon barrels to uh, bring you Splinters, a limited release seasonal produced annually at Black Raven. After aging for six months, we then combined the barrels to rest another month in a cellar to uh, meld and mature. Splinters wow. uh, picks up the best of the barrel for added complexity of flavor. This is malt beverage aged in bourbon barrels. Bold, rich, sweet. Complex, Can you show that picture of sure. the crows there to the yes. uh, to the camera? Or uh, they're ravens, black ravens. The ravens. I'm still mm-hmm. reading here. Let's see. They have a uh, oh 10.8 percent ABV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get that up there to the camera. Yep, that, uh, that that's the front there, and then there's a picture on the back of the ravens, which is pretty interesting too. I mean, it just it just has a sort of a nevermore vibe to it. You know what I mean? Uh, it looks like something interesting is going on. Uh, I will tell That's you, a, there's while I sat here nearly napping, yes. suddenly there came a tapping. This tapping there's not much on door. the on the nose. A little dried fruit, uh, uh, but not nearly as much on the nose as there is when you take that first. Sip. I'm surprised. You know, I'm not. You're right. It's a pleasant nose, but it's mm-hmm. not a big nose. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pleasant nose. It doesn't need plastic surgery at all. <laughs> oh, you see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. <laughs> that was good. Look that one in there. What do you think We've about this though? Once you once you uh, sip it, this is delicious. Um, 
This is smoother than I thought it was going to be. Absolutely. Smoother and sweeter. It isn't quite as boozy as I was expecting. Uh-uh. Has a little more carbonation, but I love the way it goes down. And I love what it leaves on the palate. It's a very interesting mix of like the apricot malt. and malt and uh, dried fruit. Yeah, it's a really dried fruit kind of malty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost a, um, almost a fruit cake if you like mean that in a good way, you know? Yes. Um, it's it's very fruity, very rich, but dark fruity kind of flavors. The uh, aftertaste on this is really nice to roll around as yeah. well. There's a lot of that. Big time. A lot of the, uh, the uh, uh, burnt caramel kind of. Uh, man, this, this is a lot going on on the So aftertaste. it's interesting to me that uh, you seem to like this as much as you do because it the the. Ones like this, the Scotch ales and the bourbon barrel ales of any kind that I'm used to you responding to are much more boozy than this. And this, I'm surprised, even at this ABV, is not that boozy. It's not. No, I don't. I don't mind. Uh, um, you know, so I like a lot of bigger beers, but let me let me go ahead and say that a lot of bigger beers do tend to be boozier or have a higher ABV, yes. but it's not. I like it because it has a higher ABV. Uh, I like it. I like the styles of beers that are made and during the process happen to happen to know, be happen boozy. to be higher yeah. ABV because of right. that process. But that's how you you're get a lot of the flavor. Go, you're not just going for ABV, right? Right. But I have found that there's a correspondence. If it has a high ABV and it's a darker, maltier ale, I'm probably going to like it. You know, mm-hmm. there's at least that much. At least my foot's in the door right. at that point. This is on the lighter side flavor-wise, and I don't mean lighter meaning it doesn't have a lot of flavor. I mean that the flavor is uh, a lot lighter. Like, you expect uh, a stout to be a certain thing. You expect a scotch ale to be a certain to thing. be right. close to, you know, like a porter or that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. this is a little mm-hmm. bit lighter, brighter flavor in there. The hops- Brighter is a great word. The yeah, hops great, cut great through word. a lot, but this is like, um, so Oscar Blues- makes their old chub yes this is a lot more like that yes it is in that it's a brighter scotch ale it's mm-hmm. not like uh it's not like founders dirty bastard Dirty bastard, which is much boozier and more which uh, yeah yeah and and i like both of those styles so this to me is just on the brighter uh and it's uh it's unfortunately very drinkable and i say unfortunate because it is 10.8 is that what i said 10 point 10 point yes I yeah eight percent right. yeah. and i could Knock a bottle of that back I was to say, disastrous it results. Feel, it doesn't feel at all like <laughs> like ten point eight, does it? But I'm willing to bet too that this would wrap around just about any cigar you put with it. Oh yes, I think you're right. You know, I mean, it's wow. not so big that it would knock something out, but it's just big enough to complement. Yeah, I mean, unless you're smoking something like absolutely like like, like a Serie R or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, outside of something like this, this would go with any like that Fuente we were talking about earlier, yes, the one that yes. I had. Also, huh. the the Hemingway. This would go with mm-hmm. the cigar you had. This would go with tons of things. I'm curious how it goes with whiskey. Oh, now see, I've uh, drained mine, but you have some left to uh, to compare. It's delicious with whiskey. It actually, mm-hmm. oddly enough, doesn't change the character of the whiskey all that much. Really? Yeah, the whiskey. Uh, you get a little more of the cinnamon and a little more of the sweet. But uh, it doesn't change the whiskey all that much. Now I'm going backwards. Fascinating. You're going to have to pour me a little more of that. 
Uh, let me go through some hangover cures here. This as we, or that? Uh, well, I was talking about oh. that, but you know what? That's pretty good, too. Well, here. Put, put them both over there. I, I got you there's, there's a little uh, private select. Uh, the hangover, There's 20 hangover cures uh, in an article from Thrillist magazine, and the author <laughs> uh, kind of goes through them and ranks them in order of effectiveness. So we'll start at the bottom. At number 20, uh, hangover cure, drinking more. Uh, he says, you know, why, why is hair of the dog occupying the bottom of this list? Because it's not so much a hangover cure as a hangover delayer. It doesn't fix your elements. It just uh, prolongs that, the suffering by keeping you uh, inebriated. But uh, uh, it says, um, you know, if you, want, if you can just keep drinking for the rest of your life so you never get hungover, a method colloquially uh, known as the Keith Richards. It does make it effective. It will actually. Yep. The rest of your life sounds like a long time until yep. you start yep. doing that, and it right. shortens And then it, it becomes right, exactly. And then it, the rest of your life it brings it long. right into reach. Yeah, that's right. Uh, number nineteen, rubbing a slice of lemon under your armpit. He says a friend of his who hails from the Dominican Republic gave him this skinny on this traditional hangover prevention before drinking. Uh, before you drink, you rub a lemon in the armpit of your drinking arm, which is the arm you hold your drinks with. Uh, this method, obviously, I, he says, did not work. It g- did give his right pit a distinct citrus musk, like he used a bottle of Pledge as a deodorant, or perhaps a <laughs> I bud- don't even know what to say. Or about perhaps that. a Bud Light Lime, right, uh, as a deodorant. Uh, number eighteen, coffee. He says, I don't drink coffee in the morning, whether I'm hungover or not. I don't really. F- if I don't, I don't feel normal. So he says, yeah, it doesn't make it. It makes you feel better, but it doesn't make it a hangover cure per se. Uh, number 17, pickle juice. Uh, it says, sure, your grandpa uh, and Dr. Oz, who pretty much has the medical authority and acumen of your average grandpa, uh, swears by pickle juice and its electrolyte-boosting salts for the morning after. But if you're already miserable, the last thing you want to do is chug a half pint of pickle juice because that could uh, cause uh, <laughs> some other problems. Number 19, coconut water. He says, yeah, the same. He says, replace pickle juice with carton of Satan's urine cut with 40-year-old hamster milk. Also, I hate <laughs> coconut water. It's a good article. Uh, activated charcoal is the 15th. The science behind using this uh, it, it assumes that the charcoal is going to suck the toxins out of your stomach. Uh, it says this did not happen for him. The only thing it activated was his debit card and a four-minute four conversation with the meathead at the GNC who sagely advised him to avoid hangovers by pairing every drink with a Red Bull. So thanks for that. Uh, number 14, Alka-Seltzer. Uh, hold on. I want to back up to that last yeah. one. Um, Red Bull and vodka. Mm-hmm. I've had quite a few of those. And? That is a brutal hangover. It is a brutal hangover. Like, that is a hangover like no other. And you learn to appreciate hangovers for what they are after a while. I think we started off talking about this we earlier. We did. We did. Um, but if you can't learn to appreciate a hangover that yep, you have yep. worked very hard and for hours upon hours the night before to achieve, then maybe, you know, maybe you should not put in as much effort. Worst hangover I've ever had? Mad Dog 2020. Oh. Only one time did it ever happen. And it will never happen again. <laughs> That's, when, when it happens that bad, it's actually known as an incident. <laughs> it, it was indeed an incident. <laughs> By the way, this beer is wonderful with the Maker's Mall. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. It's great Ooh. that we found a uh, 10.8% beer to make a Boilermaker with. <laughs> <laughs> At number 14 on our list, Alka-Seltzer. Uh, I would have thought this would be higher. It'll neutralize the stomach acid, uh, and it kind of did, he said, but now we're moving into the cures that actually do help on the list. So, oh, yeah. uh, At number 13, Pedialyte and or Gatorade. 
Um, yeah, uh, he says for those without children or drinking issues, Pedialyte's like supercharged Gatorade for babies. It's filled to the brim with electrolytes. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought that would work reasonably well too. Man. He says I, he prefers Gatorade, uh, but. Gatorade, that that cucumber lime flavor Gatorade, yeah, that stuff's delicious. See, I like the red. I don't. I don't know what the flavor is. It's just red. Yeah, red Gatorade. Well, most like most Gatorades are just referred to by color: red, mm-hmm. purple, green. Except for cucumber yeah. lime because it's greenish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number twelve, Advil. He says, like Pedialyte, Advil, while a valid supplemental way to help bury a hangover, cannot do its job on its own. Uh, Sugar coated uh, volition. It will help your head. To quell that whole, hey, did I get hit by an Amtrak train last night by any chance? Achy feeling, but cure your hangover, it will not, even when dipped in ranch. Uh, I don't know what that means. Even when dipped in ranch? Number 11 is Coca-Cola. He said this is something he personally does. He's not sure if it's more nostalgia uh, fuel, but it seems to settle his stomach. Uh, Number number 10, puking. (laughs) I suppose that would work, right? Uh, Yeah. He says, speaking of puking, a phrase you almost never want to hear, uh, it does definitely help uh, with many of your symptoms, particularly I'm not. I'm not nausea. a puker. I got to tell you. Yeah. I, I'm not. I just rarely, I probably would feel better sometimes if I did, yeah. but I'm not. Uh, at number nine, pho or ramen or chicken noodle soup. Yes. Uh, I believe that food is the best medicine for almost everything he says. Despite that time, I had to be hospitalized for three months after trying to treat my appendicitis with Pop-Tarts. Uh, anyway, a hot bowl of soup after a rough night can often be the ideal Not situation. Sushi. To your hangover woes. No, don't do sushi. I got sick after the last show. I didn't say this on the air, but I got sick after the last show uh, thinking, oh, you know, I've had a bit to drink. Maybe I should go get something to eat. And I went to get sushi. and it, That it, started out as it, a good idea. It started out as a good idea, yeah. Uh, drip drop or drink well. Uh, over-the-counter hangover pills and powders often met with uh, speculation and distrust, but potions like Drip Drop and says, uh, and Drink Well aren't magic, but they're loaded with vitamins and electrolytes that are designed to get you hydrated fast so they can help. At number seven, I like this one, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Uh, really, really wanted this to be higher, he said. I've pretty much sworn by this since the first time I sipped alcohol, which was obviously on my 21st birthday. Uh, but he says if you're... Well enough to scarf one of these scarf one of these suckers down. It can't hurt, <laughs> right? Uh, at number six, smoking weed. He lists pros: settled stomach, sense of euphoria, helps headache, increases appetite. Cons: makes you high. Also a pro, but not if you have stuff to do. And con- uh, also under cons, possibly illegal, but also who cares? Um, at number five, a shit ton of water. Uh, yes. While this may seem like an obvious solution to dehydration, drinking too much water can end up causing problems. Uh, but um, he goes on to say uh, a lot of water is a very good idea. Um, at number four, I've never heard of these. Have you? McVitie's Digestive Biscuits. Don't know anything Do you know about what that. McVitie's are? They're a British digestive biscuit. They're wholly inoffensive, go down easily, and when you crush an entire sleeve before bedtime, they'll make sure you wake up without a lingering sense of nausea and dread. I think they are a simple, the, elegant biscuit. The British term for cookie is biscuit, so I think that mm-hmm. might be what they're talking mm-hmm. about. Number three, an IV drip. 
<laughs> apparently, and I've never done that, but apparently that's pretty magic. He says, I have insider information that over-partying doctors and surgeons have been stringing themselves to IVs in the morning after for decades, and for good reason. It definitely gives you a boost. If you don't have a medical degree, outfits like New York's IV Doc will come to your home or office, nurse in tow, and deliver a calculated cocktail of vitamins, saline, nausea medications, and more straight into your veins. It's an odd that's experience. decadent. At number two, physical exercise. Yes. He says, I know. I was surprised, too. Physical exercise and hangovers don't seem to go together. But just as my 80-year-old witch doctor girlfriend tells me, he says, uh, sometimes opposites attract. With much reluctance, I tried working out immediately after waking up with a hangover. I actually tried it three times just to make sure. I ran. I did a bunch of push-ups. I did sit-ups. And I ran some more at first. It was a glimpse of hell through rapidly fading beer goggles. Then I turned the corner and felt the booze gushing out of my pores. Along the yes, there, there is definitely a sweated out thing going mm-hmm. on. And mm-hmm. uh, outside of like literally the worst hangovers ever, that is a cure. Uh, finally, the HEAL, H-E-A-L, hangover cure system comes in at number one. It says, if there's anything I've learned from trying all these cures, it's that one single cure or remedy won't do the trick. You need a multitude of solutions that combine both heavy preparation the night or day if you're degenerate you're, that you're drinking and a lot of willpower the next day. I believe there's a simple four-step way to com- combat a hangover. Uh, just remember heal. Hydrate is the H the night before. E is eat something before you go to bed. A is aerobics as soon as you wake up. And L is live your life like you aren't hungover, mind over matter. And so there's your 20 hangover cures ranked in I, I order appreciate of effectiveness the humor. By, the, by the author. Yes, I appreciate the humor on the list, but there are some very valid things, like like the whole exercise thing. Man, like it sucks it to get started. It doesn't seem like it would make sense. It sucks to get started. I will tell you this. If you're not a person that exercises at all, don't do that. Oh, bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I mean, like, imagine how you feel if you're your not. Your body will be like what? And then you go exercise strenuously. Yeah, you're gonna feel bad already. Like, but if you're a person who exercises somewhat on a regular basis, yeah, that's definitely gonna make a sweating it out. It's gonna make a big difference. If you walk on a regular basis, get out there and walk. Well, um, I, I was whatever. The, to me, the scrambled egg sandwich that that was my, like my favorite hangover cure. Food, the right kind of food, especially mm-hmm. especially if you're not like like. For me, I'm not a stomach uh, sensitive. You know the guy that gets super hangover. I'm the headache hangover guy, the headache and the foggy, weird hangover guy. So to me, the exercise can be tough to start because when you have a headache and then you start doing physical exercise, Mm -hmm. man, that's that's hard to do. But there is that. There's a point. But also, the food makes a big difference. Food before you go to sleep. Is a must. Like, well, I will just. If you say, think you feel bad because you ate late night cats's, you know, mm-hmm. imagine how you'd feel if you didn't. Well, uh, if you live in the uh, Upper Midwest, White Castle. Yeah. If you live in the South, uh, in the, the Texas uh, area, Taco Cabana. Mm-hmm. There's me. that. Um, and uh, if you live anywhere, really, Jack in the Box, uh, dollar for two tacos. I'm telling you. I'm not saying it's good tacos. food. I'm saying it's delicious, and it will help with your hangover. That's that, I think we talked about that earlier. Uh, Jack in the Box tacos are what we like to refer to as craptastic. Craptacular. They're, they're not good, but they're good. Yes, they are. You know, and and they're a dollar for two of them. Yeah, and you can't beat that. And price. you will order eight. 
Yes. And you will eat six of them. And you will eat six of them, and the other two you'll throw away. <laughs> and then they'll and sit feel, in your and car. Feel, and feel good about yourself. Yeah. And yeah. you'll just be embarrassed next time you have to valet. Just remember, though, if you leave them like in the floorboard, over time they generally become goo. <laughs> and it's not a pleasant thing. That sounds like experience. Yeah. Uh, Ian, it's been fun getting back together with you for the first new show of the decade. I uh, missed you. We didn't see each other yeah, much this uh, holiday know, we season. We didn't. We've got, to, uh, we've got to make reparations for that. We have to make, you know what, special occasions. Special occasions. Yep, I have a special occasion cigar in my humidor waiting to be smoked, and I'm, I'm anxious to get to it so it can make my 2020 list. You know what I'm going to start doing this year? I'm going to make every day a special occasion. I like that. It's going to cost make a lot for cigars. Every day. But every day is a special occasion, occasion my friend. <laughs> and it's worth it. Have a uh, wonderful week, everyone. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening to the show and sharing it with your friends and sharing it out on Facebook and all the other social media places. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, we will be back with you uh, next week for another episode of Smoking and Toasting. And uh, we'll be looking forward to a great year. Happy 2020, A lot everybody. of cool stuff coming up this year. Thanks and uh, cheers, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>